Every believer has the capacity to live as Jesus lived. Live victoriously over sin, sickness, death, poverty, and every evil works of the enemy. You can transform not just your own life, but the lives of people around you. The more you expose yourself to the words of God, the more you see it flow through you. In this message, Pastor Philip teaches on how you can respond to God's unconditional love for you. Live your life in the reality of His power and be all His Word says you can be. Thank you, Father. Luke chapter 4, while you're standing on your feet, Luke chapter 4, the Bible says in Luke chapter 4, we'll read verse 18, the Bible says, Luke 4, 18. Luke chapter 4 verse 8 and the Bible says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor to the poor here doesn't mean financially poor it means every kind of poverty health bodily poverty is sickness academic poverty is academic failure Financial poverty is poor here. Every kind of poverty, there's a gospel for the poverty. To a poor man, financially poor man, the gospel is that Jesus can make you rich. To he that's sick in his body or a body, the gospel is that Jesus can make you well. You see, he has anointed him to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the sick or heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the liberty to those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Let the Lord bless the reason of this word tonight. As we study together, let it bring forth fruits from our hearts in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you because you always hear us. In Jesus' precious name, because we said a big amen. Now walk up to three people on your way to your seat and tell them good evening. It's good to see you. Good evening. It's good to see you. It's wonderful. You look, you look great. Amen. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Praise the Lord. This is the last day of this series. And I want us to just close in on this note. On the anointing. Sean, can you go on the piano? David, Sean, play. The anointing of God. David says, Thou anointed my head with oil and my cup overflows. Thou anointed my head with oil and my cup overflows. God is the God of abundance. God is the God of abundance. God never answers our prayers just enough. It doesn't answer your prayer just enough. It doesn't do just enough. It does more than enough. Switch off this one for me. More than enough. Who has a passion's translation? John chapter 10, verse 10. King James says, The thief cometh to steal, to kill, and to destroy. You watch that sequence. The thief cometh to do what? No, he starts stealing, then kills. 
and the sequence is deliberate. The thief comes. The thief comes, but a steal to kill and to destroy. If you find out how Jesus Christ calls the thief through our scriptures, you must understand that Jesus Christ's balance and coming. And description of Satan was never one who has power. Never through our scriptures. Never. Never. Never did Jesus Christ describe him as one with power. He calls him a thief. He calls him an enemy. And every time there's an indication of Satan, it's always a sneaky indication. For instance, the Bible says, when men slept, the enemy came and sowed tars. You remember that parable? He didn't come and confront them while they were planting. He couldn't even confront them while they were awake. He had to wait for them to go to sleep. He is a fearful coward. All through scriptures, Jesus Christ describes Satan as a coward. He says he's going about looking for whom to devour like a roaring lion. He says, don't therefore be vigilant. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8. Says, is that what it says? Is that what it says, SLC? What does it say? No, I've told you this before. First Peter 5 8. It says, be sober. Then what? Then what? Bible scholar. Mm -mm. You didn't get it. Again, be sober. For your adversary, your adversary, the devil, go to and fro, yes, like a roaring lion. Mm -hmm. Now, there are indications number one that he is not a roaring lion, he's not a roaring lion. Jesus is the only lion, and the righteous are like lions. That's why a sleeping lion is always a lion. Satan is not a lion. Satan is a snake. A subtle one. His power is in his subtlety. So he says, be sober. What does it mean to be sober? Eh? No. What does it mean to be sober? You know, sober. Opposite of sober is drunk. So when you're sober, that means you are conscious. You are alert. He says, be sober. And then he says what? Be vigilant. What does it mean to be vigilant? To be watchful. So you see now, it has nothing to do with power. It has to do with being watchful. Because this person will sneak in while you're not watching. He is not powerful. If he was powerful, he would have said, go on, Jim. Be Jimmy. Be doing press up. For the enemy is coming. He says, be watchful because he will wait for you to slip off. His power is in his subtlety. So Jesus says it clearly. The enemy comes to do what? To steal. And I said on Sunday that persecution rises for the word's sake. Please, please. Every time Satan comes for you, he comes for your word. That's it. That's the only thing he wants to steal. The word of God in your heart. That's all. The word of God on health. When it comes to stealing, it buffets your body with sickness. What is it targeting? That word of health that you believe in. So if you are wondering, why is that when I started confessing prosperity, is when I started my poverty even started increasing. When I was not confessing, nothing happened though. It's not that I'm even declaring that I'm healed, that the sickness is growing. Why? Satan is coming for the word. Did you not wonder why he came to Jesus and says, if you are son of God. Now, look at that. 
Look at this clearly. The only statement that God gave to Jesus at baptism is that you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Only one statement. Satan came directly for that statement. He raised the question, if you are a son of God, he was trying to steal that word. Every time God gives you a word, Satan comes for it. That was why the seed that fell at the wayside. The Bible said before they could even understand it, the birds of the air came, yanked it off their hearts. Galatians 5 verse 1, it says, be vigilant, lest you are, you, the things that we taught you slip from your hands. Because spiritual things are very slippery. It comes for your word. When God gives you a promise, it comes for that promise. It came to Eve. He said, did God really say? Did you see that? Did you see that? He said, did God really say? You should not eat out of this week. Now, he puts a doubt. That's, that's what it comes for. Why can't he go straight? Let's go and eat out of this fruit now. Why was he putting a question in his heart? Why? Come for the word. I you know why he fell? He fell because the word was not strong in Eve's heart. Eve was not the recipient of the word. Eve heard that word from the mouth of Adam. Why do you think Satan never came to Adam throughout? Because Adam had a firm grip on that word. Watch this. Satan is extremely watchful. He has seen your type before. This Satan we're dealing with is was the Satan in the Garden of Eden. Hope you know it's very good. Now, this is your Jim Jim. He has seen you. That's Brother Thomas. And we saw one kind of in, in Australia. <laughs> you know, you have seen your kind before. This is not the first time you see somebody. So he already has mastered an art of subtlety. So you know what he did? He came to the Garden of Eden and posed a question in his heart. And Eve didn't have a firm grip on that one. That's what happens every time you don't have a firm grip on the word. If you are resting only the words that I say, it will fall off your mouth. You have to own it. You can hear things I'm saying over and over and over and over and over until you own it and it becomes personal to you. It cannot produce food. Cooked food does not grow. Hmm? Do you understand? This thing I'm giving you now is cooked food. It's my seed. I've cooked it and I'm serving you. For you to have fruits, you must go and get your own seeds and plant it to produce. Now I have laid hands on people and they've gotten healed. Lay hands, gotten healed. Prayed on handkerchief. The power of God comes on the handkerchief. Done that severally. Go and pray. So the person takes the handkerchief and lays it on someone and the person gets healed. Now that's my fruit. The handkerchief is my fruit. You understand? Now, because I gave that person the handkerchief, does not mean that the person can reproduce another handkerchief. Are you following me? You can eat out of my fruit, but in every fruit is a seed. If you are going to have your own fruit, you must plant. Fruits don't give birth to fruits, only seed is birth to fruit. All the things I'm teaching you is fruit. You can eat it, you can be sustained, you can be satisfied, but you cannot reproduce it until you 
take the seed out of the fruit. Plant it in, your, the, in the ground of your heart because your heart is a ground. Your heart is a ground. Your heart has been built to reproduce everything put in it, whether good or bad. If you put wrong things in it, it will reproduce it. If you put good things in it, it will reproduce it. Are you following me? So you take the seed and you plant it in your heart. The word of healing. For instance, I owned it. I owned it. Jesus. I don't think there's anything in the scripture that is so real to me that Jesus Christ healed me. It's too real. It's too real. One day I said that if I'm feeling feverish and I go to the hospital and doctor says, sorry, Mr. Philip, your test says you are three months pregnant. If I'm worried that there's something wrong with my brain, why? I cannot be pregnant. Your machines are faulty. I cannot have cancer. Why? He bore my sickness. It's too real. It's too real. Any medical report is a lie. It's in the scriptures. He bore my sorrows. For by his stripes I was. The day that he delivered me from sin was he delivered from sickness. I knew. Story. Every. You know, in law, we used to teach us that the constitution is the ground norm. Every other law, document, policy, statement, anything that is inconsistent with the constitution is declared null and void to the extent of its inconsistency. Every medical report that is inconsistent with scriptures is therefore declared null and void to the extent of its inconsistency. So when I owned it, it's difficult for Satan to inflict me sickness. It's difficult. I won't believe it. If my body is burning, hot, your body is burning. I said, his word is shot up in my bones like fire. That is the radiation you feel. For who shall carry fire in his bosom and not be burnt? That's my tradition. Call it anything. You call it fever, I call it fire. He said, but you are vomiting blood. For out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. You call it blood, I call it river. And every name that Adam calls it so is too real to me. It's too real. I owned it. So when Satan comes, he comes to steal. If he has not stolen, he cannot kill. If he has not killed, he cannot destroy. So the sequence, the enemy comes to steal. Comes to your heart. You just have a word from God. Last Sunday, I spoke about joy and you are rejoicing and you are wondering why immediately on Monday morning you are filled, you are filled with depression. Immediately. Ah, I thought we were joyful. Satan is coming for your word. He's coming. You were not even, you were not even depressed like this before. Why is this after Pastor Philip preached on joy? That everybody, are you following? Am I talking real? That's Satan. That you must him on his track say, hey, stop that, you Satan. You must understand that it's him. He sneaks in. 
when he came to Eve, he came in the form of a servant. He didn't come like lion. He didn't come like elephant. He didn't say, yeah, eat that fruit, I kill you now. He came to deceive. The Bible calls him the deceiver. He says on the last day, we say, is this the one that has deceived the whole nations? We say, ha! Ah. Where is this time? He ain't wanna, you, because you'll be so tiny, like this. You'll just pick him, pew. We say, ah, we will not believe it. Is it this one that deceived the whole nations? This is Satan. We'll be shaking, we'll be shaking like that. <laughs> you have seen it. You have seen it. It's powerless. All power belongs. Satan has nothing. Anything you see with him, he stole it. And he's a thief. If you see him with money, he has stolen it. If you see him with power, he has, if you see him with health, he has stolen it. He's a thief. And if just about 4 verse 27, we say, give Satan no room. If just 4 verse 27, give no place to Satan. He puts his, you have a responsibility to guard your territory. Say, Satan, see that line there. Don't pass there. And he obeys. Bible says, resist Satan and he will do what? And Sam SLC. Only these people know it. Resist Satan and he will do what? Eh? Ah, you would not answer me very well. You will do what? What does it mean to flee? Fly. You resist him. Say, resist him steadfastly in faith. So give it to me. What does it say? John 10 10. Yes. A thief. A thief has, an only, has only one thing in mind. Yes. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. Now look at that. Look at what Jesus says. He says, I've come to give you everything in what? In, in just enough? In what? Answer me now, guys. Now, you see, when you see the Bible, you have to rejoice at it. That proverb we read on Sunday. You see, when I found your word, I ate it. I'm not done, Susan. And it became joy in my heart. It's when I read that scripture, it says, God has come to give me everything. What's the meaning of everything? Eh? You know, because somebody said no, only spiritual things. He said, No, spiritual. But I have a problem because he says it clearly that he has come to give me how many things? Now, what? He said, Bro, what about people that are poor? Are we not saying they are not born again? I did not say that. I did not say that. The judge shall live by his own food. It's my own, I know. I don't know another person. At my father's house, we will serve the Lord. It's for me and my family, I know. I don't know. He was serving the Lord. I don't know. But he died here. I don't know. It's my own. Does life, is, is, is long life part of this thing he's talking about? Eh? Answer me now. So he has come to give you long life in how? In abundance. You must think abundance. Stop thinking just enough. Think abundance. When you pray for your need, don't pray for your personal need. Don't pray for the need in your streets. Look at the people around you. Pray for their need. Lord, give me money so I can save all these people once and for all. And it makes you a channel of blessing. He says, I will bless you and you'll be a blessing. 
So, but I come to him alone with my own needs. Father Lord, my school fees, Father Lord, my house friends, Father Lord. He provides just enough for me. But if I say, Lord, look at these children, they have no place to stay. I must build them a house. Lord, look at these women, single moms. These are women, they have, they have been abused children. Over. I must build them something. I must build them maybe. Yes. And God begins to see in you a heart. When he sees that heart, it pours down the blessing. Because it is what you present before him that he feeds. So if you present a bowl, he feels it. Present a cup, he feels it. Put a bath before him. He feels it. A drum, he feels it. He has come to give us everything. Help me. Continue, Susan. More than you expect. Yes? Life in its fullness. Yes? Until you what? Thank you. Until you overflow. He will keep pouring it. Pouring it. That's God's word for you. He keeps pouring into you. Till you overflow. Till you have more than enough. Every kind of thing that you desire is available in God. If his health is available, health more than enough. You are strong and you know, with vitality. One day I slept around five o'clock and I woke up seven o'clock as bright as a horse. I said, Lord, I thank you for spiritual rest. Mm -mm -mm. Rested. Rested. You know, Kenneth Copeland was when he was going to sleep, he said, Lord, I receive supernatural rest. So he sleeps for two hours and he looks like he, he, looks like he slept for ten hours. Rested. The angels came and strengthened him. The angels strengthened Jesus. Is scriptural. It is what you believe that you receive. When I was on campus, they believed that it, it can never happen. I said, God used to tell me the question I was coming. Said, nye, nye, nye. I said, God used to tell me the question that will come out. They say it's not possible. I said, but in John chapter 14, he said, The Holy Ghost shall reveal unto you things to come. My exam is part of those things. Did he, did he mention the things? He said, Reveal to you things to come. So I said, My exam is part of it. I came out of campus with 4.24. I was very close to first class. And I, I know the reason I didn't come out of first class is that my underwriting is like a doctor underwriting. My check knows it. <laughs> and to tell you the sincere truth, he revealed it. I had an unbeliever friend then. His name is Lawrence. He's not, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't become born again when he left campus. But the moment is some time, he come to my room. Say, Philip, has he dropped? Has he dropped? Has he dropped? I say, wait, it's coming. It's okay. When you drop, let me know. Tell him. There was one that came like that. I dropped. I, I called him. I told him. He said, are you sure this thing? I said, look at this thing. The Holy Ghost gave it to me. He said, I'm not sure. I didn't know. So he left. In the exam, it was verbatim. I was rejoicing. I tried to him. I was writing and writing and writing. I was excited. The letter came. You know, vigilating. Check my paper. Look at me because I am not one of those serious students in class. <laughs> All people are listening. Always having something to say. Questions, sir. No, no, no. Our assignments, sir. I'm, just, I'm very, <laughs> you know, because the Holy Ghost is timeline. <laughs> when, he, when he gives you 100 of 100 in the exam, I let you know, I say, please, we are going for an interview in the USA. I, I'm, I won't be around. Because you don't know when I to work. Why you go there, sir? Oh, Benny. You don't know anything. <laughs> so you refuse all invitations. But you are passing. <laughs> you, are, you are very bright. Now come and go for debate. No. <laughs> I'm not doing it. So after he stood by my paper and watched and watched and saw that. He saw the way I was writing. 
when the exam came out, it was over 60. I scored 56 over 60. So he sent for me. He said, I used your paper as marking scheme. Called me Who are you? I don't even know you. 50 over 60. Teacher, because it's an essay question. Teacher must collect for. I can't collect this over 60 in essay question. The best in the faculty. So the next exam, he saw me. I sat down. He came in. He's a professor. He was in the exam. He came and saw me. He prostrated in front of everyone. Professor. He said, these are the ones we are waiting for. <laughs> because I was not, you will not see me in class. I'll come from the back. So he said, who is this guy? We don't even seem to know him. He will go and he will come back. He will come and check me. He said, ah. Everybody, look at the resource he's wearing. Maybe this is the that you used to use. Go and look for it and buy it. It was just embarrassing me throughout. So when I knew I couldn't take it anymore, when he went out, I quickly rushed out what I was writing, submitted, and dashed out. So when he came back to the room, he said, Where's that fellow? They said, He has gone. He said, Everybody submit. He said, That's the only man that can write anything serious. If he's done, that means you're writing nonsense. They had to start begging, Please, sir, please, sir, please, sir. So they went to, who, who is that guy? They called me evil genius. People that didn't understand. How? I said, because I believed that my exam is one of those things that the Holy Ghost has been sent to me. It is what you believe that you receive. If he says, I'm going to fill you to the overflow, and you believe it. I said, Lord, I received that. He gives it to you. Because that's your belief. If you don't believe it, you will receive it. No matter how loud I say it. Jesus was in Capernaum. There were healings in Lystra. Healings. He got to Nazareth. Same Jesus. Same fire. Same power. But he could not dare do any mighty work because of their own belief. What do you believe that you are? He said, I'm going to bless you. So this year is our year of overflow. You want to hold them to say, Lord, this is what you said. I believe it. My financials must overflow this year. Must. Must overflow this year. That's your promise. You could even start and sit and he's fighting and you look as if you are able to get into more depth. He's coming for the word. When you hold fast onto it, hold fast onto it, you let loose. You must move it. What did God tell you this year? What are his words for you? What did he promise you? What did he say concerning your marriage? What did he say concerning your life? What did he say concerning your health? I shared his testimony before. My father died of sugar diabetes. At the age of 57. Painful death. And suddenly, we started seeing sugar ants in our toilet at home. And sugar ants in our toilet in the office. So there's sugar ants in my toilet at home and sugar ants in my toilet in the office. What does it mean? There's somebody whose urine is sugary. That's the first symptom. And in the amount of two toilets, the work can be established. <laughs> Satan is a bastard. So one day in the office, my friend said, ah, these sugar ants you are saying is too much, oh. You go and check yourself. Anyone that is the person that has problem in your toilet at home too, 
it will be there. Satan said, that must be you. You know you are the one. <laughs> say, I said, shut up, you devil. I, I stormed into the toilet. I said, listen, you ants. Hear the voice of the Lord. The Bible says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will not speak to God. You speak to the mountain. I said, be scattered. Never got again. Went to my house and toilet. My toilet at home. Hey, you ants, stop that. From today, be scattered. I spoke to ants. They never came back again. It's been three years now. I've not gone for check. I'm as healthy as a horse. But God said, hey, check me. Check. Help me. Doctor, don't let me die like this. Help me. My father have died. I must not die like my father. Help us. I could have done that. Because you see, agreement is in three forms. Even in law, they teach you that in agreement is words, in agreement in written, and agreement by conduct. Did they teach you? Uh-huh. Because it's the way you behave to show you have agreed. You may not say anything. Yeah, hey, rush me to the hospital. You have, you have conducted yourself in a manner to prove that you have believed. Spoke with the hands. There's no sickness in my body. There's no sickness in my body. I have a word of healing. Strong. Burning in my heart. His word is shot up like fire. Down in my bones. Impenetrable, inaccessible to Satan. What does he say about your life? What does he say about your marriage? No matter what they say around. Choro, break me and make me. Anyone, no matter what they said. What is God's word concerning your life? What did he say about your children? He said, children nowadays, you know this millennia, one cannot really control them. It's a lie. The word of God says, your children shall serve the Lord in their generations. No matter how dark it becomes, my children will be light. See, they will sit around my table. The beard, see, they are like arrows in my hands. They will speak to the enemy at the gate. So my children, I don't care about CNN, BBC, HIV. I don't say word of them as a Start with the word. Satan comes for the word. Persecution shall arise for the word's sake. Every challenge you face is an attack on the word. Satan is coming for that word. I know. I know. And if I start now, I won't finish. Because there are miracles upon miracles upon miracles upon miracles upon testimonies of what God has done because I stood strong on what God said. You said that! Jesus Christ says, God has anointed me with the Spirit to preach the gospel. And when He anoints, He anoints to an overflow. How do I maintain that atmosphere of the anointing? How? In my life, that atmosphere of an anointing and overflow. How? How do I ensure that consistently my territory is guarded? Do I remain anointed? He has anointed me. In the book of Acts chapter 2, he said, this, this gift is for you and your children. There's nothing that God has promised only a special kind of people. There's no such thing as special people before God. I would say, for he's no respecter of persons. 
He's no respecter. And everyone that is willing, he pours himself onto them. He's no respecter. If God sees me in faith, he, he responds to me. If he sees you in faith, he responds to you. But the problem of faith is that faith is perfect in the place of knowledge. And if I don't know, I can't believe. Bible says, how shall they believe if they have not heard? And so the strength of my faith is in the depth of my knowledge. So if I know enough, I believe enough. Faith! How? How do I get things done? Knowledge. So number one, I maintain an atmosphere of the world. Ah, I maintain an atmosphere of the world. Consistently. Consistently. There's, a, there's an influx of the world coming to my spirit. If you ask my wife, my wife will tell you. Sometimes I'm sleeping off and I'm listening to a message. It is in my spirit, in my unconscious. I'm listening to it. I maintain a deep atmosphere of God's word. I, I ensure that there's consistently the word of God in my environment. Because, you see, your heart, your heart is not trained to discern what seed to grow. Your heart is trained to reproduce anything planted into it. So if you plant fear, it will grow. And I don't need to stay around where you are planting to know what you have been planting. All I have to do is to hang around you. What you have been planting will grow. So when I see the things that come out of your mouth first, yeah, I know you have been planting fear. I know. If you have a sudden attack, and the things that come out of your mouth, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. That time, I will know what you have been planting. I don't need to be there when you're planting. What you plant will grow. All the Agbalimo that was drinking, where were there when they planted it? The Agbalimo came out. You may be lying. No, it's mango I grow. It's mango I plant. It's Agbalimo. You cannot plant mango and Agbalimo come out. You cannot lie. So when I see the out of your mouth. I know what you've been planting. What have you been planting? Coronavirus. You are studying it. Like us. Wait, wait, where's the next place? Which country are they now? <laughs> are they coming close? Yeah, but <laughs> you know, you are you are you are you spend quantum time to research on coronavirus, and you have not researched on the healing virtue in the name of Jesus. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. Whether you like it or not, darkness will cover his heart. You cannot pray against it. Bible says, darkness shall cover the earth and grow the people. But he puts an exemption on you. He says, your light shall. You see, and light is knowledge. He says, the Gentiles will come to the brightness of your rising. They don't come to you, they came to your brightness. If I don't know anything, I can't believe anything. Coronavirus, last half is back. Better than ever. There's nothing you can do about it. Till Jesus comes, sickness will ravage this heart. You see, when he put that serpent on the cross, he said, anyone that looks upon it shall be done. Shall be what? Eh? Answer me, guys. Did that serpent kill the serpents? He only exempts those that look upon him. Snakes will be here forever. They will keep biting forever. There's nothing. It is unto those that look upon him. 
I'll be saved. If they like, let them be beyond it, look more. If they don't look upon it, they will not be saved. When he said, put the blood on the lintel of your houses, any Israel that did not put it will die. Any Israel that did not put that blood will die that night. Because it is the blood that is respected, not your name. Stay in the atmosphere of the word of God. Be a Bible eater. He said, I found your word and I ate it. Stay there. Stay there, particularly the New Testament. Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians. You know why I stay in those scriptures? Because those letters are written to me. Every other book of the Bible was written for me. Those letters are written to me. The two different things. The book of Genesis is not written to me. It's not an instruction. There's no instruction to me. There are documents and historical stories to let me know what God has done. They are written for my understanding. The book of Ephesians was written to me. Paul was speaking to me and he says, Arise, awake thou that sleepest. He was talking to me. So I stay there. Ephesians, Colossians, and from next week, we'll start from Ephesians. Oh, ma, 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 ma. You don't want to miss one of those days. We are going to start from next week. Bible, book after book, verse after verse. You go home with assignments. Every SLC member must be a Bible scholar by the end of this year. Every single person. Except you run away. Stay there. It doesn't make sense. You stay there. Because you are not reading to your memory, you are reading to your spirit. The word of God is not a food to your memory, it's a food to your spirit. They were word that I read, I did not know was there. Until problem arise. And the Bible says, He will take from what is mine and show it unto you. I understand that. That there are words that I did not even know the meaning. Until I got to the time I needed it to work. He says, Take no thought what you shall speak. For your father who lives in you will put the right words in your mouth at that moment. But if you don't stay in the atmosphere of God's word, you can't get it. There are Christians that don't read their Bible. And you can't feed on snacks. You can't feed on candies. You know candies? You know, you know candies? You know you can't you can be sustained by candies. Spiritual candies. Instagram, one minute. You watch the pastor uh, somebody me? That's candy. Sausage. You're not eating. Candy. You can't grow. There are some, there are some packets of candy. You are better off eating the lilo. There's more nutrients in the lilo than the candy. Feed fat. When Satan show and it's so the way you are looking shabby, <laughs> he finds somewhere else. He he's seeking for whom to devour. He cannot devour everyone. So he says, ah, this one is indevorable. Because there's fire in your eyes. If you're near here, you are gone for it. I will remind you of the day Jesus Christ rose from the dead. <laughs> no, stay there. Eat God's word. Eat God's word. Go and find audio Bible. Plug it in your ears. And play it continuously. Let it be playing into your spirit. I listen to messages. I put it in replay. It's just playing. I'm sleeping, but it's playing into my mind. 
I'm telling you, I feed like that. I feed till I'm fat. Then I said, Bro, Philip, why are you so? He said, The way you speak, you speak so confidently. I said, I've been eating. I'm, I'm chubby. <laughs> oh my God. I'm fat. I'm flourishing. I've been eating fat. And so chubby. Difficult to carry. Satan comes. I stand in the back. You look for somewhere else. It's very clear. And there was one day Satan came to my house too. And my wife was, my wife's wife, I've said this before, my wife's mom died of breast cancer. And my wife, because we were there, buried in our, in our presence. Very painful experience. So my wife started showing traces of breast cancer. That's why I have very serious hatred for cancer. It's, I, I know that SLC is going to have the biggest cancer treatment center in Africa. I know. You may not be university. Well, Blue Cancer Treatment Center. I'm from the gates. Oh my God. <laughs> the fire of God will drop. I'm so sure of that. So when she started showing the traces, I got up. I went to my door. I said, Satan, this is my house. In case you forgot. I am Philip Urubaki. You have no place in my house. I got to church that afternoon. So I said, Philip, please come and pray for me. This, this lump in my breast. So I say, you see now, is this is everywhere. Why are you making it look as if it's only you? You are just shouting, shouting. Just relax. It has come to stay. I said, never. It has not come to stay. And I was saying, Prophet, please can come and pray for my mom. She's been diagnosed of cancer. I, I see why it's cancer everywhere. So I rushed to her house, sat in her mom's house, and I and I was reading Bible to her. You know, that's what I do. I read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. So I say, eh? You are here. Reading Bible when I am already in your house. I say, Shut up, you Satan! In, in, in the middle of in the midst of <laughs> only Jesus is in my house. So you know what I did? And I called about four of my friends doing towards them. Yeah, I started teaching them on faith and healing every day. It's not their business, they are not sick. But I say, everyone must learn this thing. You know, I did that for like four days, and I got up on the fifth day. I said, We are going now on the streets to heal the sick. I said, for Satan to come to my house, I am going to lose everyone in his bondage. Except I don't know. House to house. Is anybody sick here? Is anybody? It didn't take three weeks. All the lungs disappeared. Every single one. She's bubbling the Lord. She's not looking beautiful. Cancer has gone back to hell. He came, but he found me fed and fat. Don't marry a shallow man. Don't. All this thing about praying with me, praying with me. You better look for praying, man. <laughs> Be surprised. You want to look for praying, man. An atmosphere of word, an atmosphere of worship, an atmosphere of God's worship. Maintain the atmosphere of worship. Atmosphere of the word, atmosphere of worship. Worship is like gas. It flares up. Worship is incense. It takes, it makes your environment choking to Satan. Can't stay. Can't stay. Because his presence comes. That's why in those days, when it comes to the synagogue, 
people that were coming before they saw this, something, hey, who are you? You are from the day, you are from the Kansas. Hey, some of them are even pastors in the synagogue. But when he comes, they, it, it, it chokes them. Because Satan cannot find comfort in God's presence, an atmosphere of his presence. In 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 17, 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 17, Elijah wanted to prophesy. Elijah, he says, Bring me a mystery and let her play. And let her play. But as she began to play, the Lord began to speak. The same thing happened to, happened to David and Saul. There was an evil spirit from the Lord. Evil spirit from the Lord. Evil spirit from the Lord. God doesn't have evil spirit. The original translation is evil spirit permitted by the Lord. That's the real translation. God has no evil spirit. Because his name is light and no darkness at all. Sickness doesn't come from God. Disease doesn't come from God. Poverty didn't come from God. There is nothing bad that came from God. He doesn't use those things to teach you patience. Say, God is using poverty to teach me patience. God is poverty to teach me humility. You know I'm going to be proud. That's why I want to keep me poor. It's not Bible. It's not, be proud. Be proud. Why is it not keeping big gates poor? So I can be proud. Why is it only you? You're very special. <laughs> In your mind now. <laughs> God, God, God says, no, he must not be proud. <laughs> only you. <laughs> he left a better scene. Focus on you. Because you are the headmaster of prideness. If you're proud like this, you always scatter. That's why God says, forget. He doesn't do that. He doesn't use poverty to teach you anything. Poverty is with Satan. And Satan is a very proud man. It was pride that brought him down. Please take note. There's no sickness with God. And David played. When David plays, stops us when he plays. The power of God will come down and shatter. The serpent, the, the evil spirit will fly off. When I was on campus, I led a choir. And because I focused on that choir, I told them, the fire of God must be in this choir. So they will sing and the power of God will fall heavily. I will never forget the last concert we held. The fire of God fell. And for three days, some people were not conscious. IBK was in the choir. IBK, remember those days? IBK was in the choir. That's what me and Yabuki knew each other. We were singing ten on the choir. The fire of God. We sing. And we sing. And we can hardly stand on our feet. And those days are coming back. The glory of God will come. You know when the glory of God comes, you cannot snap the glory of God. All this selfie we take, you cannot snap the cloud. When the cloud comes into this place, everyone will be on their face. You, even GT, you know, there's there was a video I have of GT. With camera, with camera, I said, See, you she did not remember. They had to grab her, that's the photographer. But the glory had come, no chance to snap. Snap what the fire is burning. All this trying to snap everything because we have not reached there. When it comes, everyone be on their feet, on their face, flat. And that's why we must, that's why we need new bodies when we get to heaven. Because this body cannot stand before God. If not, angels will be carrying you every day and be covering you. Angels will be carrying every day. The fire of God. An atmosphere of worship. Don't listen to songs that are filthy. Be cloudy in your spirits. 
I wonder why it's not strong. Layer and layer and layer of filth. That's why you're not sensitive. Songs that are filled with songs that are vulgar songs. Songs that do not edify. There are songs that do not edify but do not destroy fire. <laughs> but there are songs that destroy fire. They are killing songs. You watch those songs. You have to go and start playing songs. You know, I don't allow them to watch hip-hop TV and all those TV in our house. Because you can hardly watch one without somebody come and shake their bomb bomb. It's too difficult. They must put it. And it's filthy. There's people's status. If you look at status, you have to pray in tongues for three days to go back to the level of the anointing that you were. Filthy things. You have to mute them. Mute them quickly. You, know, you, are, not even, you are not even notified when they change anything. Because nothing good can come out of that Nazareth. You already know. There's nothing good coming. You already know them. There are Instagram pages that nothing good can come out of there. Nothing good. Yeah, this is some people. Man, for somebody very big bum bum, put on your status. Yeah, you put, what are you? What are you being? What? Are, how do you see it? Where do you find it? <laughs> I'm wondering. People should come to your status to be refreshed. People should come to your status. You understand? To be strengthened. People should have a date with your status. So when I check up that guy's status, even if you are doing comedy, because there's nothing wrong with comedy, even God laughs. Because some people are holier than God. <laughs> Brethren, <laughs> shall we pray? <laughs> yeah, be like that. When they get to heaven, they'll be shocked. They'll be embarrassed. They say, why is this place so noisy? Can we have some quietness in the spirits? <laughs> God say, please, go to her. <laughs> your status must edify. Bible says, let your words be seasoned with salt. That everyone that comes is edified. It's beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You don't have to be a pastor. Your status should build up. I'm not saying every day you're saying Jesus, Jesus. That's what I'm saying. But every time you don't put things that are filthy. You put, you, you know, and the terrible thing is that when, you, when one of your friends go and like something to show on your timeline, they say, what do you go and like this kind of thing? And it, it's embarrassing. There was a time I had this, like, I could not open my Instagram in the church. Because of what you do that people are like me. And I did not know. Say, and the Instagram say these things resemble things you've liked it before. I said, I did not like it. He said, These are these videos. These are these videos are similar to what you like. I said, Where did I like this video? So Instagram is telling lies. I'd never liked this kind of video before. Where did I find it? Be very careful. Maintain an atmosphere. Says, as they ministered, Acts 13, verse 1, they ministered to the Lord. The Spirit of God spoke. Separate me, Paul and Barnabas, as the minister. So in your bedroom, Lord, I worship. I worship. I exalt you. I call it a short burst of tongues. Two, two minutes. Ecto, mento, shide, de, bandeha. 
you go back to your work you maintain the presence of God you practice it you are consciously acknowledging the presence of the Holy Ghost perpetually David says even in my night watches on my bed my heart meditates about you in my sleep perpetually in the office nobody has to hear you charge up the atmosphere impenetrable for sin inaccessible to him you have the atmosphere an atmosphere of worship the third one you speak to yourself I'll finish it speak to yourself the Bible says be not drunk with new wine but of the Holy Ghost speaking to yourselves in psalms speaking to yourself in psalms Ephesians chapter 5 speak to yourself in the of the word and the of worship and then you speak to yourself that's to walk in the overflow of the anointing Ephesians 5.19, who's there? 5.19. Well, let's start from verse 18. Ephesians 5.18. That's New Living Translation. Okay, let's have King James first. King James. Let's, let's have King James first. King James. 5.18 and 19. Thank you, Jesus. Just pray in tongues for a minute. Yeah. Don't be drunk. Is that King James? Don't be drunk with wine, which is what? In excess. You see? Now, it says, don't be drunk with wine. Wearing is excess. 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 Don't be drunk with wine. Wearing is excess. So, when I quoted the scripture, someone said, bro, Philip, you see now, the Bible not say we should not drink beer. They say we should not drink it to excess. <laughs> People say all kinds of things because they want to do what they want to do. Don't look for scripture to indulge your flesh. Look for scriptures to crucify it. Stop looking for scriptures that permits you to do fieldiness. Look for scriptures that encourages you to crucify the old man and is lost. It's just excess. I said, but says don't drink it. I said, but there's one that you can drink to excess. The, the more the better. The more. Take more. The more you take it, the better. The more. There's no age rate. No rating in the age. It's not 18, even one infant. One year, one month, you can start drinking. And when you start drinking, it is freshly squeezed wine from the vineyard of the Holy Ghost. It's vintage. It's both fresh and vintage. 2,000 years old wine of the Holy Ghost. And you squeeze it. You can't have enough. You keep going. <laughs> oh my God. There is no restriction. There is no limitation. There is no, you can't, but don't drink and drive. <laughs> Ah, I mean it. I've drank before. And I was drunk. I parked. 
I said, Hey, hey, I have been drinking. I have been drinking. Don't drink and drive. You know, when you are drunk, everything seems slow. You talk slow. Why are people walking so fast? They're drunk. You laugh without reason. You're drunk. But the wine you can. Fresh. People go out Friday nights to get drunk. Born again can go out Friday nights to get drunk. There's nothing wrong in getting drunk. The problem is what are you getting drunk with? It's my trick. I'm crying. <laughs> I'm laughing at the same time. The Bible says then they saw they said, These men are drunk with new wine. Peter came and said, We are not drunk as you think. Because this is three o'clock. It was nine o'clock in the morning. People don't get drunk normally at this time. But you see this kind of drunkenness. Anytime. Anytime. I've been drunk several times. Alone. In my house. <laughs> Only me. You'll be screeching. You've touched something. You've touched something. The anointing has come on you. You recognize it. You know, when we're young, there are some sockets that are big holes. You know the sockets? Have you seen the socket before? There are one that looks like slits, rectangle, and there are some that are round. As a baby boy, he's always telling somebody, say, put your hand, put your hand. It looks like something that just fit for your hand. Yes, did you die? <laughs> said, okay, now no problem. So I went there alone when nobody was watching. Mm. You can't mistake it when the power of God comes on you. Some say God touched me, but I'm not sure. He didn't touch you. If an elephant should trample on you, everyone will know. You don't have to say it. Something trampled on you. So put my hands into it. Yeah! I reached out for notes. Scream! What happened? The whole, even the whole world fell on me. What did you can't even talk because you felt it. You went everywhere. Don't put your hands on it. Don't put your hands. Now you are a preacher. Before you knew by information, but now you have experienced the fire. It's personal to you now. It's beyond what Papa said. You have felt it. So you went about. To my God, don't ever, ever, ever put your hands in that socket. Some months after, I heard a noise. Ah, I know that noise. Hey, somebody has put his hands. You know, it's, it's, it's tangible. Beyond preaching. Expressible. He says, speaking to yourselves in silence, in the bathroom, where you're alone, I'm the righteous of God in Christ. You are getting intoxicated. You are reading, you are speaking, you are reading. Why am I perpetually on fire? 
you tap me and wake me up, I'm already burning. I don't, I don't, I don't boot. My RAM is 1,000 RAM. I don't know the Pentium. I don't know if it's Kawhi 10 or Kawhi million. I told you, this week, Dara called me in the middle. I, I, I was sleeping. Called me. I shared on Sunday. The guy was violent and speaking rubbish. And I said, who is there with him? He said, the friends are there. I said, what about your pastor? He said, the moment our pastor had that, it was a spiritual problem. He escaped. I said, what kind of person? Our pastor, our career pastors. I said, take the phone to him. Put it on speaker. And cast it down a devil. While I was even half awake. All the way to Russia. Three hours ahead of us. From my sleep. I was not fasting. I was sleeping. Jesus Christ was woken from the sleep and he calmed the storm. He was not coming down from the mountain. He is a perpetually burning flame. Speaking to yourselves. Ah, I'm God's own son. I'm God's own child. You, are, you see, you are sick. There's something that happens when your spirit is hearing you speak it. It's clear. It's more than when I'm saying it to you. If you practice these things, you will never fail. This is a practice. You know, I can say this in your extra and you're not practicing it. When I'm traveling, I'm going, in those days, I'm going to my office when I was still working in my former office, praying in tongues as I, as I drove to the office. If I stop to carry somebody, I carry them to help them. I keep praying. If you look at me, one guy park. Come down. It's my car. I want to help you. If you're not comfortable, you go and look for your own car. You cannot, I don't care. You look at me, one guy look at you two kinds. It is my car. I am so clear. I am, I am fanning my flames to fire. Because I don't know what I will meet when I get to office. It was in office I was. When somebody came, high blood pressure. He could not even stand up straight. He bent like this to my office. Lay hands on him. He went, he went back home normal. Came, it was, I was coming from court with beep on my neck. I had not even removed my beep. When they called me that my father-in-law had an accident and a vehicle hit his head, smashed it on the floor. I, I rushed to the hospital with beep on my neck. And pray fervently. And God healed him. So, in office, out of office, a perpetual atmosphere of the is my responsibility. Bible says, make sure that the fire does not end. The fire must never go out on the altar. It's your responsibility. You must keep finding it. Bible says, where there's no wood, the fire goes. There's no fire that dies by itself. Now, we have firemen. My wife is a very professional fire person. My wife knows that a fire can burn whatever if it has something to be burning. Are you following me? Fire does not have expiry dates. Fire can burn forever. Air fire has been burning. Fire can be burning for eternity if there's something to be burning. What keeps your fire burning is what it is burning. I don't know if you are getting my point. So if I set fire in this place now and clear everywhere, 
you hear of all this Chicago fire, Texas fire, that can burn for months because there are things so they, they try to clear off bushes so that when the fire gets to that point, there's nothing else to burn, then it quenches. So my fire can keep burning. And it's my responsibility to keep it burning. The fire of the Holy Ghost and the anointing can burn. That it becomes an overflow that affects those around me. So those around me can be beneficiaries of the fire of God in my life. That's an overflow. Out of your belly flows now to every other person. Every other person. In my office, they benefit. Lay hands on the sick. Even on Muslims. Lay hands. See, there's no Muslim in the Bible or Christian. He healed them all. <laughs> Nobody was born again before he died. Everyone was unbeliever. Everyone was not saved. And yet he healed them. There's no single Christian he healed. The scriptures. I prayed for unbelievers. Get them healed. I told you I want to go and save quick notice to somewhere. I've told you that story before. Drop the quick notice. Pray for the people who are not paying rent and give them quick notice. Right now, go out. I've sent out sickness. You are healed now. Can you read clearly? You have to leave this house now. <laughs> Perpetually on fire. It's my responsibility. My responsibility to keep Paul said to Timothy, first Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. He said, Steer your Put you into remembrance to fan it to flames. The fire That's my faith. We end this on that note. Keep myself in the atmosphere of the word. So separate me, Paul and Barnabas. I keep myself in the atmosphere of worship. Help me, choir. And I keep myself speaking to myself. What he has said to me. My mouth will not be shut. My mouth will not be shut. When the enemy comes to grip and to steal the word, I have a word in my mouth. I'm no longer a slave. I am a child. I have a word in my mouth. A song in my spirit, perpetually declaring what's that echo? One of those mics. Don't, don't, let, don't let anything distracting can distract me. I have a word in my mouth every time, born in my spirit. For listening to this message, meditate on these words and watch how it will transform your life. For inquiries, please call 0909-672-9827 or 0807-548-5900.
You can reach us on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram at SLChurchNG. You can reach us on our Facebook. That's Supernatural Life Church.